music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's Matt Pinfield. Welcome to the Hivecast. Today, my guest is Beth Orton. Beth, so great to have you back and recording. It's been six years since the last album. Yeah. Um, so we're just happy to have you back. What did you? What were you doing for those six years? Were you taking some time off? Yeah, you know that sort of thing. Um, I didn't really take time off though. I, I um I had a couple of children, and um, I ended up doing a lot of writing, and um, I did some some kind of schooling. I I worked with Bert Yanch, um, guitarist, and um, Bert Yanch was so great. I mean, yeah, his playing. You know, he's uh, yeah. it just just one of the greats, and. Uh, yeah. When you think about it, he inspired people like even to, up to Jimmy Page. Like he totally borrowed that whole Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, all those guys. I know all of them. I mean, he's amazing, and um, it was an incredible time. And I'm very fortunate to have that time. You know, considering as well that the fact that he then went and died last year. Yeah. Sort of puts it in another perspective, which is interesting. And um, Burbers, how old? Devastating. Um, he was young. Like in his sixties, right? Yeah. Which is young. Yeah, I mean, so that was an amazing time. Um, so during the pregnancy, I had to stop touring for the, you know, health of pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. And um, I just feel like I kind of gave myself over to Bert for that time. And I'm so glad I did. But, I mean, it was it was a good time. I mean, it ended up being one of the most sort of prolific times of my writing life as a songwriter. But I just didn't release it, you know, at that time. Um, anyway, yeah. But tell me what that experience was like. Was he kind of mentoring you, or was it a collaboration of things that you were doing together? Well, um, first of all, I I said to him, "Do you want to give us a guitar lesson?" Um, we 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 did a gig together, and we shared a dressing room. And he and his wife invited me over for lunch to their house, and I was like, "I'd love to come," you know. And I was like, "Maybe you give me a guitar lesson," and you know, kind of as a as a half joke. And he's like, "All right," and I was like, "Okay." So you know, my first few times around there. It was winter time, it was coming on winter, and it was sort of, I just remember it was always evening time, and we'd have tea and biscuits, and we'd sit, and we would just sit and play guitar, and, and he kind of took me on my work, he gave me guitar lessons, that's how it started, and I would just kind of think, what the heck did I ask for this for, you know? <laughs> no, this is he's amazing. so frightening, yeah. you know, kind of, it, it, it was intense, and then gradually though, it just sort of, I started to learn songs of his and um and then he he had a record he wanted to make so and it kind of dovetailed into then just starting to work on his record I had a song that I loved by um Karen Dalton called Katie Crawl and I took the vinyl that I have of that from years ago from a friend of mine called Nicholas Hill actually he gave it to me like way way back on one of my first gigs in New York he went you have to listen to this lady and I took him the vinyl, and my vinyl scratched right on that song. But anyway, next time I went back, he'd done a whole arrangement. So the whole song you arranged and recorded, like, well, no, was it recorded already? No, and then we recorded it. Oh, I yeah. sang the part. I sang, yeah. I sang, and he played, and boom, but, boom, boom. But they've learned it all like that. That's great. And wow. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's pretty amazing. And so things like that happen. And before you know it, we, we'd been at it for a long time. Then we did a few gigs. Like, we'd learned some Pentangle songs, some old folk songs, and we... We did a couple of gigs. By then, I was like eight months pregnant. I was like huge. It was like it was, I could barely sit on a chair. It was like I was going to float up into the ceiling and like a big balloon. Um, and so they weren't my greatest hour. They weren't often my finest hour. But I learned so much, you know. And, and it's funny because, of course, because it's him and 
and in part because it's me, they became public. And we did these gigs, but usually I think we just sort of try them out. We did them in a tiny little spot, this place called Spitz in London. And, how much did, fun I would, you yeah. know, for a fan like myself to walk into a small place <laughs> and see you two playing together. It was classic. <laughs> it was like we were kind of like kids in a way. And like Lauren, of course, has this great energy as well. Like she's, she's quite childlike, or she, she was quite childlike. And Oh, she died very soon after Bert died, which made complete sense to me because they're so they're very symbiotic. Well, they say yeah. you know that sometimes that happens. You know, yeah. people because of their broken heart, they lose the person well, that they're yeah. closest to. They just both got ill at the same time. Just bizarre yeah. enough. I mean, you know, take that as you will. I mean, it's strange, but anyway. So we just had this. We we played. You know, we we made music together. We didn't talk a whole lot, but we still did have really sweet conversations, and a lot of it was like kind of eye contact you know it was like he's, he's a man of few words and but but basically so there it was so this kind of happened and and then I started to write my own songs um again after I had my daughter I was, then again I didn't really wait that long I pretty much got straight into it and when I said you know before about <laughs> taking time off when you're having children, that's not taking time off. That is full-on work. That's true, right? But at the you same know. time, I also didn't really take time off from writing. I just, I just started writing differently. Yeah. yeah. Well, you talked about it. I saw that you had said uh, when it comes to sugaring season, the that you know you found new voices in your writing. I think the only way I can think about it, like, is like in a conscious way. I think that having a child for me was quite challenging and I've said this before but it's like it just meant that I think I had to dig a little deeper as an individual as a human being and I think that that kind of affected how I then went into my writing as well like what I learned in my life obviously you know translates into how I write and I think that that became different voices a different confidence I keep saying it's funny that now I'm speaking in terms of the records out and I've seen reviews and I've seen what people have said and I've never really read reviews before. It's not like I'm going crazy. <laughs> but I have read some and it's really interesting to me how it reflects back descriptions of how it was actually quite often quite close to what I experienced, which is a calm, which is a kind of, you know, assuredness, a confidence, perhaps just a confidence. I think maybe one of the things I got from Bert is a sense of just sort of, it's not about limitations or embracing limitations. It's about going beyond your limitations and going, it isn't a limitation. It's just an individual style. You know, if that's how I write, that's how I write. If I don't read music, I don't read music. I, but I know how to structure a song or I know, you know, and though there was a bit of that, there's a kind of fearlessness, I think. And that sort of came into my voice as well to say, and I think taking six years off was good because. I got to um, explore what it is that I do when I think before that I'd never necessarily got the time out to do that. Like like I was thinking last night, like you never even get time to get a cold really when you're constantly doing stuff, always putting stuff out and, you know, touring and I'm not being like, oh, poor me or anything. Like It's not that. It's just, it's just interesting. I suddenly, through having a child, just stepped off. Yeah. And it changed things. Well, I mean, you decided to do the record in Portland, oh, yeah. where Tucker, is it Martine? Is that how you pronounce his name, right? Martine, yeah. yeah. where you worked with Tucker Martine up there. He's, you know, done stuff with, of course, uh, My Morning Jacket and Decembrists. And, yeah. But what was, was, was that what you were, why did you end up going up to Portland to do a record? I went to Portland um, for many, re for a couple of reasons. I went there because obviously Tucker's there and also 
the band that we put together were pretty much, I mean, Brian Blade is in, in Portland and, um, you got like some jazz, you guys, you got everything uh, in there. Sebastian gotta... Steinberg lives in LA, so it's easier. Rob Berger was just happened to be moving to Portland. It all went Portland and it was no skin off my nose to just get over there and, and make the record there. And, um, and of course there was also Tucker and his incredibly beautiful studio, um, you know, 16 track beautiful live room incredible microphones you know and tucker and his incredible ears and and sense of i don't know he's fantastic to work with and um i didn't really go with him because of who he'd worked with before other than the fact that he had worked on one of my favorite records ever which is law of ears is um carbon glacier um but even then, it wouldn't have been my first thought, like, oh, I should get him to be produce my record. It was just the relationship that built, like, when I Skyped with him. And I, I contacted him because um, my husband did a gig with his wife, Laura Viz, and Your husband, Sam, right? Yeah, Sam. And um, Sam was just like, give Tucker a call. I was like, oh, I'll give Tucker a call. And he was like, well, you know what? I got some time, and I'd, and I'd love to set it aside for you. And so anyway, then we started to talk about our dream band and he was like Brian Blade and I was like Sebastian Steinberg and it was just like, it was just really excitable and then and then and then he heard the songs and then it was even more clear like to him that that Brian would be fantastic and then Rob Berger worked on my last record and they're also they worked together and it just it was just like that it just kept fitting into place and then people were available it was the right time. That's great. And Portland's a great city, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, to be honest, I didn't get to see much of it. I had a four-month-old son, and we just worked. Up. We worked. We had two weeks, boom, and we worked. I mean, I went to Port Quenel, which is like the local, you know, um, <coughs> Mexican restaurant thing. But um, that's, that's good. I like that place. I was just there two weeks you ago. It's good, yeah. right? <laughs> that's Amazing. True. Yeah, I was out there for a few days. Um, and I'd never been to Portland before. Yeah. You know? But I went up to... Uh, shoot part of a portlandia that tv show oh, to a did? spot yeah. in it yeah so i was uh i went up for that and i loved the city i fell in love with it yeah you know, it was a great place yeah i wish i'd see more of it actually i just didn't i we just worked yeah worked and then with you with a four-year-old right did you four month four month old yeah. oh okay yeah are you good it's, it's a she right a he. it's a he's he? the little one is four months and the bigger one is five uh what? Five and a half. As a girl, sorry. Yeah. The little and, one is yeah. a boy and the bigger one is a girl. And what are their names? Oh, Nancy and Arthur. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. Does uh does he sleep through the night already? Uh, you know, if I said he did, he won't tonight, so I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely no predicting that kind of thing, is there? It's amazing. Yeah. So working with Tucker and having that the dream band together up there yeah. and did you feel you had two weeks to do the songs? Where what were the songs? Did you work on those arrangements with the band there? Or were the it, songs were written. Um, I went into the studio with, with the songs written, and there was no chord charts. Yeah. The, the band hadn't heard the songs before, and I just sat and played them the songs. And, for example, something like Candles, a song of the record, um, that was the first time they'd heard it, but also it got recorded, and that became... The song that became the the one for the record. Yeah. You know, it's, we tried it a couple other times, but we didn't better it. And then we just said, "Fine, that's what we've done." And that was kind of the attitude of the whole record. It was like no, nothing was overthought. It was like less is more. It's like, did we get it? Yeah, we got it. Let's walk, move on. You know, and yeah. we just kept moving. And we only had three days with Brian and Sebastian anyway, so we didn't have time to like overthink it. Yeah, that was pretty good. 
when you go back, I mean, when you were when you were about nineteen years old, I guess when you when you lost your mom. Yeah. And then you you went over to Thailand for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me about that experience for you. Was it just a, one of those things where with losing your? I don't know. I went. I my mom left me like um, I think it was about one thousand five hundred pounds, and and it was kind of like a fable. Me and my brothers, we each did a different thing with my our, our money that we got left. Like one of my brothers brought some um, Technics decks, and I can't remember what my other brother did. But I bought, did he become a DJ with those decks? Yeah, and I right. and I went to Thailand, and uh, I went for like a holiday because it there was art. Uh, just ridiculous reasons why I went really really shallow ridiculous reasons and um but went with some friends um and then me and a friend of mine we just decided that we'd go to northern Thailand and um go into this kind of monastery and the way she described it was was pretty like relaxed you know and when I got there it was like everyone was in white robes you know and it was living in a monastery like really in a monastery with the nuns and the monks well the monks were on one side and the nuns obviously were on the other and um and we were living in these tiny little breeze block rooms you know you sleep on the floor on a on a rush bed thing and then there was another a tiny like a door that goes into another little breeze block room with a hole in the floor that you Use for the toilet. In. Yeah. You use your toilet and there's a tap <laughs> on the wall and a bucket and that's how you wash. And you start meditating 15 minutes and by a few days later you're doing like four hours and then by the, by a weekend it's kind of 14 hours a day fasting from 12 noon. And, and that's kind of what I did with, that's where I took my grief I suppose. I just went to a monastery and, and I was already, I was aware that it was, somewhere to kind of move through grief and it but it was all very instinctive and it was also I I knew that I'd never get the chance to do it again I just decided if I don't do it now my friend ended up leaving for her own reasons she couldn't hack it really and how long did you stay there for Beth uh three months three months wow and I got really really into it but it was it was it was a life-changing experience and when I came out of there I started writing songs and I started singing and that was a really that was strange how it just kind of unlocked that. Because before that, you you hadn't really right. Well, I mean, before that, I'd done this song "War from a Vine Leaf" with William Orbit. Well, William Orbit, yeah. And uh, he was a bit worried. <clears throat> I think I was never coming back. He actually <laughs> he actually flew out to Thailand. Um, William did to come and try to get you out yeah. of there. <laughs> did he come to the monastery? He did. And what did he what did he say to you when he got there? He. He pulled out a recorder and tried to record all these monks <laughs> chanting. He figured he'd like, use that in one of his. I can't believe that you are so put off. I was like, oh, for goodness' sake. Yeah, but you know, fair play. Um, yeah, he. Um, yeah. It was yeah. So um, I did go home and I went home and and started to write in earnest. He was just very. He was very insistent that um, I should write songs, though you know, for, for what it's worth, I did. Um, and uh, yeah. And is that what ended up becoming that first album that you you put out in Japan? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. Yeah, mm. it was. How many copies of that album were? Were there like no. a couple thousand, right, of that record? Yeah, it was terrible, pretty terrible. I mean, honestly. And um, so yeah, I probably shouldn't say it, but I mean, yeah. Um, but but when know, Trailer Park came out, then you know you're. But then I, <laughs> but then during that time, I did write my own songs, and 
I would borrow his guitars and just be sitting around writing songs and and those songs became Trailer Park. Yeah. It's amazing how that happened, isn't it? I mean, Which, just going from, you know, literally going to Thailand and then wow. And then coming out and doing that whole thing. I mean, I can put other things together like the fact that I had always written, I suppose, I've yeah. written little poems and little thoughts and all this and all that and uh, and I'd always sung, but I just never sang in public. But so I can make other connections, but yeah, it was it was yeah. Yeah, that's amazing though. Yeah. So you say some of the things that you've been listening to or everything, I mean, uh, like from Roberta Flack, um, is that, you know what I'm talking about? Like I, I was reading something where you where you'd, you'd referenced Roberta Flack's first take record or they'd mentioned that. Yeah. Record. When I was, during the six years, I was just at one point, I was like, you know what? That's the sound of the record I want to make. I want to make Roberta Flack's first take. It was always one of my favorite records. But then I was like, imagine making a record that sounds like that, even if it was just voice guitar and bass the thing i love about the sound of that record is that the band is ever present and yet at the same time sometimes all you can really hear is her voice and there's always space and you couldn't have one without the other and yet everything has a complete definition um and yet at the same time it just it just has the most beautiful sound it's a beautiful sounding record it is you know i was recently at a um awards uh, ceremony where I was uh, getting an award and she was giving one to someone. And when I got up on the mic stand, I sang the first verse of Where is the Love from her and Donny Hathaway to her from the stage. And, and she loved she it. it. She loved she it. She thought it was great. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. Blow my nose. Hey. Yeah. No, she actually did. She was, she, she stood up and clapped and, uh, uh, you know, after I dedicated the award that I got to my father who passed away, Aww. she, um, she got up and said, that's beautiful. She was great. She was she was really sweet, you know? I've got, um, I'm trying to get her my record. I met someone yesterday who knows her. Yeah. And I said, can you give her a record for me? Oh, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Yeah. She's, she's, she, was, she was great that, that night. I, I'd so love her to hear I'm glad she's still around. Yeah. When was this? This was, was uh, like about, uh, about three and a half months ago. Okay. It was an awards ceremony here called Big Vision Award, and it gave me one of the, the awards. And some were like going out to people that were on Broadway and, and in you know film production and uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman was there and cool. um, and that's when I saw her there and I just couldn't keep myself from singing that part of that song because I, I love that yeah. that track with her and Donny Hathaway yeah. such a great soul duet you know yeah. it's like a classic seventies yeah so uh, it's just a great one I wonder what she's up to though what's she doing I don't know you know she was given she she was given an award she does perform sometimes okay yeah. I should find out for you next time that she's going to do that. Yeah. If you're, if you, if you schedule it when you can get it yeah. over here to the states, it'd be great for you to go see her and meet her. I'd love to. You know, I'd love to. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So, how is the um the touring going to be with with your children now? I know you have your four month old goes on the road with you. How do you? Is that going to be a different situation for you? You're just going to. Well, we're just working it out now. This is our first tour, and it's you know it's what it is, and then. We'll see. I think I think it has to. We have to make some kind of amendment, like kind of change it up a bit. I'm not entirely sure how to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the shows. But yeah. When do you, do you know when you're going to come back and actually play? I'm That's, playing tomorrow. Oh, you are playing tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh, great! I got to come to that show. I'm going to yeah. come out. Yeah. Town hall. Oh, to town hall would be yeah. great. And why did I think? Why did you know what I? I think for some reason I had totally mixed up the months and thought you were playing. 
uh, like next month. Yeah. And no, come back, I thought this was like just a promotional. Yeah, no, visit. well, it's, it's not. It's Part a of little both. tour. It's a li- yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, pl- well, I'm playing the town hall, that's not so little, but I'm doing that, um, but it's very, it's solo, and I'm doing this just with um, me, and Sam Amadon is supporting, and, and um, also comes on, joins me for a few songs here and there. And, um, See, that's perfect, because Sam, you know, yeah. being your husband and the, yeah. And the, uh, <laughs> And see that way you can also do double duty as mom and yeah. dad too on the yeah, road exactly. tour together. It's exactly. great. But I hope next year I come back with a band as well. I'd love to do that. I, I mean, well, I'm just getting organizing that now. So yeah. Yeah. Now, um, how did you and you and Sam end up meeting? Did you meet? Um, through through a friend. Um, just was at a dinner after my friend's gig in London. Um, and then Sam just um was friends with Thomas Bartlett who plays piano and stuff, and and he came to this thing after and. Just met him and we just got friends like that, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love his music. So at that point, I didn't know his music. And yeah, just like that. Did you know? So did he give, did he give you his music or did you yeah, check it out? Yeah, pretty much immediately. Yeah. He's like, here, listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. my record. <laughs> that's, well, that's cool. Yeah. You know? Bang on. How many people give you music when you're on the road? Like, you know. When you, yeah, they do. They do give you CDs. Yeah. How I mean, how many do you, how many do you think you get on tour? I mean, do you find more than like two or three people a night? Gosh, I don't know anymore. Well, not so much. I mean, I haven't had so many this time. I mean, maybe just a couple. So far. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, or you'll get people telling you to go to their website. Hey, check out my music. Here's a card. Do you ever see people do that now? Yeah. No, I know not too much. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a bit harsh. The old card. Business. Yeah, it is. Yeah, when people do that to me and and give me it, I'm like, it's just a weird way to you know yeah. what I mean. I'd rather give them an email and send the music there if yeah, you're going to yeah, do it, yeah. you know. But because, um, you know, when you're getting business cards from people... You'll, you're not going to remember, are you? Yeah. Not no, not at all. It's amazing. So tell me about the title of the album, Sugaring Season. Sugaring Season is the time of the year when um, the sap rises in the trees. It's the, the late, late winter, very early spring, when the... Um, temperature changes just slightly so that you're very long cold nights and then slightly warmer days and it causes the sap to rise in trees that creates sugar that that gets turned into maple syrup i just thought it was quite a beautiful metaphor you know just you have to have a lot of sap to make a little bit of sugar you know um and also um part of the process is is this sort of like you know it's quite bitter so you have to take that out to get this sugar, you know, and it's, it's, I just thought it was just the most beautiful expression. Not only are they just two very lovely words as well, just something about sugaring season is just really nice. But then the actual, what, what it's about, it has this great story attached to it too. So it's, it's kind of about, about that time of year. Yeah. That's a cool, it's a cool title. I didn't know it was, it was yeah. from that. I didn't know that the sap only came out at certain times of years, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's this kind of chemical reaction. You have these very cold nights. And then they're just slightly warmer, and it, the warmth rises that just brings the sap up, which I think is also quite sort of like sensual as well. It's got sort of like, it's quite, I don't know, it's like sexy trees, you know, when they're all like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and they all are. And yeah. um, so, so it's just, just doing that thing, you know, and, and then out of that comes this sugar, and I just feel like that is right there, the creative process, 280 degree. Yeah. You know, oh, well, it's a great title. Yeah. It's really cool. Thanks. So did you enjoy, uh, so would you say this is one of your, the best times you had? I mean, obviously putting your dream band together, or with Tucker, is it one of your favorite sessions that you've ever done? Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Not only that, because it's like, you know, I uh, I primed myself to enjoy it. In terms of the fact that it's been so long since I've done anything, and 
I mean, I can't tell you how excited I was to go back in the studio. I wasn't sure that it was going to happen for reasons of many reasons, partly because I wasn't sure that it was something I really wanted to do at first. And then after a while, it's because I hadn't, I hadn't done it for so long. And then, so by the time I was in the studio, I was just so ready. And I have kind of, like I say, kind of this schooling was also just about kind of attitude as well of like, how do I get the best out of this situation? How, or not even overthinking it. It, it. it just came together. You know, you walk in and you see Brian Blade's beautiful smiling face and you're just like, okay, this is all good. So it's a great experience all the way around. We're really happy to have you back. Thanks. And making another record. Beth, thanks so much for coming in today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was great to see you. Sugaring Season is the new album you've been listening to the Hivecast. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.